0: Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. LA Berlin. You have tuned into the after episode of a before and after birth story. My guest is an event planner and welder from Oceanside, California, who now splits time between Los Angeles and Nashville. We last talked to her about two weeks before she gave birth, and I'm excited to reconnect and find out how her story unfolded. Elena Meyer, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. From Nashville. Yes yeah things changed after you had your baby but things really changed after we had our podcast so you're young you're young 20s and in our before episode we talked about how you wanted to have kids on the younger side so mission accomplished yep and you know you had already switched your birth plan a little bit you were planning to give birth at a hospital you're planning to give birth with an epidural you don't want to feel anything and then At some point you changed and you said, you know what, I feel comfortable having my baby out of the hospital with a midwife and a doula. And in fact, you gave me this great idea because you talked about how when they take blood from you, you don't really like it at a hospital, but at the midwife, it was like not a big deal at all. And I was like, I hate when they take blood, so I'm going to get myself a midwife. So thank you for that you're welcome yeah and then your fears were that you talked about were fear of being in the hospital fear of ripping fear of pain and it was towards the very end of your birth plan i think your your pregnancy that you changed your plan and then the baby changed the plan on you too because the baby was breached and did not want to turn mm-hmm. this Is accurate recap
1: 100 percent on point
0: all right what happened next
1: Well, Avery had a different plan than a home birth. And I think that in my birth experience, it turned out that my fears kind of were checklists that all got checked off for my birth experience.
0: (laughs) And you got to experience them all?
1: I got to experience all of them. And, you know, I didn't tear in the way that I thought that I would, that I was originally scared of. I had to end up doing an urgent C-section. So I did have a, a bit of a tear, but it was a purposeful incision.
0: Yeah, skillfully crafted. Yes. Um, let's start at the beginning, because when you left the studio, you were you were like stoked on the home birth, and you were very yeah. close to the end, and the baby was already breached, so that wasn't the yeah. surprise. Yeah. Uh, what changed?
1: Well, I think it was about a week after... We met and did the podcast. I went in because I was a week out from my due date. And so I went in to do my checkup with my OB and we saw that the fluids were low. She said that it looked like the cord was double wrapped around his neck. And so she sent me to go and get another ultrasound at the special place where they really go in deep on their ultrasound. And when I went in, they saw my fluid was very low, and not only was the cord double wrapped around his neck, it was also wrapped around his shoulder. Oh. And so in that moment, when I was sitting there getting the ultrasound, the doctor there said, honey, if you were my sister, I would tell you to go and get an emergency C-section right now. Wow. That's powerful. Yes.
0: Is that because of the fluid or because of the cord orientation or the combination of both?
1: She said it was the combination that he was breech. He was basically tied up in the upper corner of underneath my rib cage and the fluid levels were so low.
0: And I'm just curious because that's like literally right before you were due. Did they not see the cord orientation before that?
1: The cord orientation wasn't that bad the last time that I went in. So when I had my ultrasound two weeks before that appointment or one week. She said it looked like it might have been around his neck, but not twice and it wasn't under the shoulder.
0: Oh, so he was doing some gymnastics in there.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah, because cord around the neck, I mean it's pretty common. You know, one one wrapper on the neck is
1: mm-hmm.
0: generally not considered a complication or scary. So yeah. but the baby just kept on lassoing.
1: He's a little cowboy. He was getting ready for Nashville.
0: That makes sense if you think about it. Did your doctor already know that you were planning to do the home birth?
1: Yes. I had spoken with her and she was, you know, hesitant because he was breached, but in support of me trying. And, you know, you had linked me up with Stu, the best love Stu and Alex. And so I had my team and I felt very prepared going into doing a breach vaginal delivery at home.
0: Yeah, just to explain, Alex is your midwife, Alexandra, and Dr. Stu Fishbain is an OB who only delivers at home, but also learned back in the day, breech birth was not uncommon. And so he has a ton of experience in his training and residency delivering breech babies. It never really stopped. And so as long as he meets certain safety criteria, he still attends breech birth and he works together with midwives. So that was going to be your plan. Yes. Yeah, so now your OB knew you were planning a home birth with them. Once she tells you, hey, if you were my sister, honey.
1: She wasn't the one to tell me that. It was oh. the one at the ultrasound specialist place.
0: Oh, okay, so uh, MFM. I'm a high-risk OB, like sort of a maternal phenomedical specialist.
1: Yeah, so it's not scary to hear that from her.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just scared to hear that for anyone. So, where do you go from there?
1: Well, immediately I just started bawling, you know, because it was like something I was so scared of. And I felt like, okay, this might end up actually going that way. And I was really scared. But my mom was w- with me there, thank God. And so we called my dad and we told him what was going on. And then I talked to my fiance. And then my next call was to Alex, my midwife. And You know, I stayed there while they were monitoring Avery, my son, just to make sure everything was okay. And then I drove to go and see Alex and Stu. I just wanted to get their opinion as well. Even though my time with them wasn't as long as with my OB, like I had really grown close with Alex and Stu. And Alex especially was just having her support behind me made the experience so different. Like I can't imagine how it would have been without her. So then I drove out to Calabasas in rush hour, stuck in traffic. No. Freaking out, trying to get to her. I got to leave, and they said, you know, you should consider a C-section today or tomorrow. They agreed. The woman at the ultrasound place. So they let me leave.
0: Oh, they let you leave, but when you got to talk to Alex and Stu.
1: No, and then when I got to them, you know... It was, first of all, just very calming to be in Alex's presence and to have her support. And then we met my fiance there. So that was like, oh, my heart felt so much better when we were all together. And then Stu did an ultrasound and he saw the cord around the neck. And they were both in kind of an odd position of like, really, they both had great advice. They told me information on both sides. Like they were really in the middle of things I felt. And then they just said, look, this decision needs to come from your intuition and what you're feeling guided to do. And after that, I went and I had some dinner and while I was eating, I could barely eat because I had so much anxiety, but I was sitting there and I just felt like, okay, doing the C-section is absolutely One of my biggest fears for sure, but I feel like that's what I need to do for Avery. And something that we had talked about in the podcast before is being in the right mindset to do a home birth. And I had totally lost all of that energy to feel that I could do it on my own, that trust in my body, everything went out the window. So that was gone. And so since that was gone, I was like, it's definitely... I have to do a c-section
0: wow okay so two things i can relate to number one i always feel safe around alex just very calm you know if i could bottle her energy into a little pill i would take it all the time and also all my decisions come to me when i'm either eating or in the shower so we're like little 20s um let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with elena meyer and find out how things unfolded Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Elena Meyer. Uh, your birth story changed so many times. It's sort of like a tennis match. Okay, we're gonna do it at the hospital with an OB, uh, with the epidural, I don't wanna feel a thing. Okay, very end, we're gonna just do it at home. Oh no, the baby's breech, maybe we can't. Oh yes, we can do it at home. There's a doctor who attends on birth with breech babies with the midwife. And then at literally the last minute in the game, you have this ultrasound and they tell you, well, you know, we think you should have a C-section right away. And then you're having dinner, and you go ahead with that plan. (laughs) You decide this is what I got to do. But out of curiosity, after doing the ultrasound, your home birth team still thought Mm -hmm. you could do a home birth if you want to, and you could go to the hospital if you want to, and they they just sort of left it up to you. It wasn't like a unanimous decision like this is an emergency that needs to have a C-section right now.
1: That's exactly why I went to Alex and Stu after having the doctor say, well, honey, if you were my sister, it was just this energy to that that did not feel right. And it felt like some of the fear tactics that I have experienced.
0: Okay, and so then you, you, at the end, you get this information that you know, honey, if you were my sister, I'd have a C-section right now. And then you go back to your home birth team and your doctor does his own ultrasound, your home birth doctor does his own ultrasound. Do they immediately agree and say, Hey, this is an emergency. You should go have a C-section right away. Or are there still options?
1: No, they didn't have the same sense of like fear and urgency and like, Oh my God, the baby's got to come out right now. Like Stu and Alex, they While doing the ultrasound, they're like, look, heartbeat, solid. Like, yeah, the fluid is low for sure. They saw the cord wrapped around the neck one time. They didn't see it two times on that ultrasound. And he was also moving. So the position, you know, could have changed or whatever. But there wasn't this sense of like, you should go right now and get a C-section. Boom, go. It wasn't that. It was, hold on. Think about this. Feel into your intuition. Feel what you need. Not, you need to go do this. This is how it is. And having that energy from them be calming, it was still super overwhelming. But it just, like, Alex helped me to feel that I was making the decision in my power, not out of fear.
0: That's nice. And over dinner, you decided, you know what, this is what I need to do right now. Even though it had built into it a lot of your deep fears. So how soon after that did you go in?
1: Well, on the drive home to Hollywood from Calabasas, I called my OB and she had suggested doing a C-section either that night or the next morning. And I said, look, I just met with my home birth team. Like there's no signs that he won't be okay overnight, but I do feel that we should do this in the morning. And so we scheduled to meet and do the C-section at Cedars the next morning.
0: Were you able to sleep?
1: I actually did sleep really well that night. I
0: I mean, I kind of wondered, now that your plan was sort of solidified, obviously not going to change again, was there some comfort in that, knowing like, okay, this is how and when the baby's going to come out?
1: Yeah, there was some peace to that, and it was also just an overwhelming night. Uh, You know, my best friend came over, who's also his godmother, Nicole. My mom was there. My dad drove up. Johnny was by my side the whole time and just thinking like, holy crap, we're meeting him tomorrow. Like he's going to be here tomorrow. And that I tried to journal to Avery that night and I couldn't even find the words. I wrote like a tiny, tiny bit and it was just so overwhelming for me of like, I'm meeting you tomorrow at 11 o'clock
0: in the morning. Exactly. It's very surreal. (laughs) Yeah. So in the morning when you get to the hospital...
1: Oh, we need to go before I get to the hospital. Oh,
0: oh, I I didn't even realize. (laughs) Well... Do tell.
1: So I shared with Johnny that I wanted to drive to the hospital. You know, I I had this talk with Alex. I'm doing this in my power. This is like the last thing that I can really do is like drive myself to my c-section I'm gonna do this you know and we did a lovely meditation with my family before we left where I had my mom my dad Johnny and Nicole we all had our hands on my belly praying and it was beautiful and then we left and I subconsciously (laughs) drove to your offices where I do therapy with your amazing wife oh no kidding (laughs) I was like Elena you do realize that we're at therapy, not at Cedars. Like, we need to be at Cedars right now. It's uh-huh. like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, we're not set up for surgery.
1: No. So that was really funny. And then I drove from Cedars from your offices, drove to Cedars from there.
0: Uh, when you got to Cedars, first of all, what's, what's going on in your mind and emotionally how you're feeling? And then physically, what's the process like?
1: I'm... Um, Well, I met my brother in the parking lot in Cedars, and then we all walked in together, and it looked like I was moving in because I wanted to have candles and pillows and an altar and all the things. And I just remember really using like the comedy defense was just coming up of like trying to make jokes about how I was totally not okay. And I was just so overwhelmed. I just didn't know how to feel, what to do. You know, the anxiety was just blasting through me.
0: I mean, whenever I feel awkward, I go to comedy. At least I think it's funny. So that's (laughs) our third way that we're 20s.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, In terms of preparation physically, what are the things, the steps that they do with you?
1: So when I got there, we checked in, which was like, I, I felt like I had no brain power. They asked me my birthday, and I looked at Johnny, and I was like, I need you to do this for me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you anything right now. I have nothing to give. And then they checked us in to, like, a preparation room, and my family got to be with me during that time. And then that's also where my doula met us. Patty, she came and was an incredible support during that time for my whole family. That's really cool. Yeah, she was an angel. And then they got me hooked up with an IV, which took over an hour because I Yes, because my veins were too small. The tattoo is covering the good vein. I can't see this one. This isn't good enough. We're going to poke you here. That didn't work. We need to do it again. It was a nightmare for okay. someone who heals.
0: Right. That's the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So that was the start. It was we got off to a rocky start, and I'm like trying not to be a bitch to the nurses. I'm like trying so hard to be nice, and it's just like impossible because I'm so scared of needles, and I'm so scared of what's gonna happen in the next five minutes. It was just all the scary, wild unknown.
0: Okay, so now it's it's settled. If I ever get a tattoo, it's gonna be a vein map. (laughs) (laughs) Poke here. (laughs) But you got through it. I mean, most people don't love having IV's placed, but, you know, if it's just one quick shot and it goes well, it's no big deal. But all that poking, or if, I hate when they say, ooh, I came out the other side of the vein. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's gross. Or they're moving it around trying to find it, and they end up really black and blue. Oh. No fun. But you got through it. You got through all of that.
1: I got through all of it, yeah. It and was- then?
0: Is your doula allowed to come with you and your partner into the um, cesarean, or did you have to pick?
1: Well, I didn't actually get to have anybody join me in my cesarean. So when it was finally time to go back, I said I just, like, I was panicked. When the door to the OR opened, I was with my mom and Johnny, and my whole body, like, Shirked away from the door and everyone thought I was gonna pass out and I was like, no, just don't touch me I'm just freaking out. I've never seen an OR before in person The lights were so bright. The scrubs were just fluorescent. The smell was terrifying It was cold. I had no comfort to me. There was nothing of comfort except for my doctor and luckily she's Looks like a legit angel. So I was just yeah. staring at her the whole time.
0: Yeah, she's, I've been to births with her and she's very comforting even in uh, trying circumstances. She's just yeah. a, a lot of warmth and confidence that make you feel yes. safe.
1: And beautiful eyelashes <laughs> talk and, that we talked about.
0: I don't know if she had them in the OR, but also generally amazing shoes once we're at it.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, but when we got into the OR, They were going to do the spinal and for the epidural for regular cesarean. And then before they did that, well, they actually prepped and they put one of the straws in after they did the numbing agent or whatever. And that was terrifying. And then before they actually put the spinal in, there is a sense of panicked energy that washed over the room when she explained that my platelets had dropped so drastically. And then she grabbed my hand and looked at me and said, you need to decide either we're going to put you under and we're going to do the birth and get him right now, like right now, no one can come in or we need to take you out, retest you, wait a couple of hours, try to get in because we're all scheduled and we're all booked up for the day in the OR. And, you know, I was just like, I'm never walking back through that door. (laughs) I'm not doing this again. And I want him out. I want him safe and I want him here in my arms. And so I said, okay, like, then I guess I got to go under and get him now.
0: Oh, wow. That's a big decision. Yeah. And that's, that's what you did.
1: Yeah, talk about a tennis match. It literally was a tennis match till the very second.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought we were done with the drama, but uh <laughs> but no. All right, let's uh let's take another quick break and come find out the rest of your story. We'll be right back with Elena Meyer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Elena Meyer. Okay, this is different than I ever would have thought. So they knock you out completely. You're asleep. What is waking up like?
1: Waking up was a really rough experience. Um, When I woke up, it was (laughs) very nightmarish. I couldn't move my legs. I felt like I couldn't breathe. No one told me before I went under that I was going to have a breathing tube in. And so I just woke up. Couldn't breathe, couldn't talk, couldn't move.
0: Mm. And you I never think- had surgery before, I take it. No. Okay, so this is a lot of firsts going on for you.
1: Yeah, and you know, I hear my doctor saying, "Elena, just please move your toes, show me that you can." And I'm trying to move my toes, and I'm—it's coming out as like convulsions. Bullsh- it's not coming out as like cute little moving my toes. Like my whole foot was going crazy. And so I heard them talking about saying that I'm having an allergic reaction to Regulin. And I kept spitting the tube out. That was the only thing that I can do because I was trying to tell them I couldn't breathe. And nothing was working. And so then they gave me Benadryl and I fell back asleep. And then I woke up, like I came into consciousness again, getting wheeled into the recovery room. Oh, what? Wow. And I don't remember anything else other than like when I woke up I was screaming for Avery and Johnny. Oh
0: yes. So when do you get to see them?
1: Well this whole time is blurry and foggy and that's one of the worst parts of this for me is that I'm not perfectly clear right when I woke up but Mm -hmm. I was screaming for the baby like I need him and I was with my mom she was holding my hand they let her in to try to help wake me up because I was having a really hard time get up. And she kept telling me, Johnny has Avery. Avery's okay. He's here. He's okay. And then finally, I saw this angel rolling through the curtains with Johnny. And it was just like the most magical experience. And it still gets me so choked up, even just talking about it now, seeing him for the first time. You know, and everything happened so different than how I wanted. But the second that I got that baby on my chest, none of the birth mattered. None of the forethought mattered. The only thing that mattered was that I had him in my arms and that he was safe and I was okay.
0: Getting me choked (laughs) up.
1: Yeah. That's so powerful.
0: No, it's just such a powerful moment and experience especially after everything you had been through
1: yeah um,
0: so just flashing forward a little bit how was your physical recovery from that birth and how was early motherhood for you how's early motherhood been
1: so my recovery was honestly not i can't complain I didn't take any narcotics i just stuck to tylenol and motrin after the c-section and i was discharged i spent two nights in the hospital which is pretty normal i was walking the day of well wow. you know i could stand up and the doctors were all very happy with my recovery and everything and it was just like being in, in an etheric state like it didn't feel real like I felt so connected to this like more astral side of things it was just very dreamlike the first couple of days and I had incredible support around me I had my sister Meredith who is now a mother to her beautiful daughter Estelle my Oh,
0: congratulations
1: sister. yes she's incredible I had her with me, I had my mom, my dad, my partner. My partner was incredible throughout this whole thing. And, you know, that experience bonded us so deeply. No matter what, that experience, we'd see each other so differently after that. You know, love goggles all the way.
0: That was beautiful.
1: Yeah. And then early motherhood was something that was just so raw. And open and honest and like Alex talked about in the first episode, it's a wet time. There's tears. There is sweat always. Like you have baby throw up on you. You have pee on you, and it's just all amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> You're like my mom and I always said we got christened when they repeat on us for the first time. <laughs> so cute. <sighs> um
0: how was feeding for you
1: oh god painful the first four days man the pain is so real but i i remember just eating and just sobbing but being like this pain is gonna be so worth it because it's giving him the best nourishment and it's gonna not be painful forever and something that really helped me was the silverettes alex recommended those to me what is that Silver things that you put on your nipples after feeding, and it's just like, oh, they're cold. Oh, soothing. Yes, they're incredible. Nursing cups, silverettes, they're great.
0: And then it's always a learning curve, but after a few weeks, did it become pretty natural for you?
1: Yeah, you know, and I feel like something really just in that time when I was asleep, in the c-section that I was out there was just something otherworldly happening inside of me and I think you know if people do believe in like etheric bodies and whatnot that like that part of me was transforming during that time instead of in a normal birth where you are feeling the pain and you're pushing and you're physically moving into this new realm of motherhood like I felt those changes when I woke up. I just didn't feel like my old self anymore. I felt so different. And I still feel that way now today. And I just got to experience a very different type of rebirth than the regular birth experience. And it did feel very natural to me. And, you know, riding the waves of minimal sleep and nourishing that baby and just growing our connection and having that time together was just amazing. And having support is like the most important thing I feel during that early, early period for sure.
0: Yeah. I got to see you actually, uh, maybe a, a week or two after the baby was born and just seeing you guys together. I mean, it's just like such a two parts of the same unit. its just really beautiful. All right. So sadly we're running out of time because I would hang out with you all day if I could, but, yeah. um, I do have a couple of questions left for you. First of all, uh, soon after you had your baby, the world changed with the pandemic, coronavirus, and COVID nineteen. How is that, if at all, how has it affected you in your, you know, the stage that you're in?
1: Well, I think that this is a very challenging time and isolating and rough time for everyone. But in that comes very deep gratitude that I've been feeling that I get to have this time. Luckily, my mom is with us here. So we're quarantining with my mom and Johnny and Avery. And it has just been really special time. It's The world is slow again. You know, like it used to be in the olden days, like you would farm, you would spend time at your home with your family cooking and, or without. And that's the hardest part is that we are missing our family that we're not with right now, but to be able to focus on connecting with Avery and we are so lucky to be able to have food to eat. that's healthy that we are being able to nourish ourselves and our family and, having that experience is a once in a lifetime thing to be able to have no work pressures or really the feel like the outside world is still going so fast and that we're just home missing it. That feeling is completely gone. And it's really nice to be able to just fully focus in on Avery right now and bond and growing into the mother that I want to be.
0: That's really sweet. And, you know, I feel that way too. It's, uh, it's, I think the whole thing is very double edged. There's obviously, uh, aside from all the people who are experiencing the worst of the Mm -hmm. plague, literally the plague with death and sickness and job loss and financial ruin, you know, everybody experiences some of that on different levels. But it's hard to not notice that there's also some silver lining in the sense that. You know, people are able to spend time with their families. I think in general, uh, in America, we work too much, too hard. Yeah. And, and so to be forced to take a little break and reset a little bit, yeah. once this is in the rearview mirror, it has a potential to help a lot of people be on a different path where they're better able to juggle work and life, hopefully. Yeah, no.
1: uh, oh we're taking time and we're being more gentle with the earth and you can see that the environment is appreciating some space from us right now.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I feel terrible and sad for everybody who's, who's struggling and suffering, but, but I do think that once it's in the rear view mirror that we could take advantage. If, if we want to, we can take advantage of some of these upsides. My last question that I had for you and maybe too soon even though, because of coronavirus, it's been um, several months since you had the baby, and uh, for normally we'd get into these after episodes a little quicker. And also we're remote; you're in Tennessee and I'm in Los Angeles. But have you had any thoughts of if you had another baby, <laughs> like what you'd want to do? Would you do the same thing again or not? You know,
1: again? it's funny actually, because in Cedars, like in my two days of recovery there after just having a baby, that was every single nurse's question.
0: Oh, oh really? My God.
1: Are you going to have a second? I'm like, let's just give this one some time. (laughs) But I've had five months to think about it because it was his five month birthday a few days ago. And I am definitely not calling in another pregnancy at the moment. (laughs) But if that did, if I did get pregnant, I would want to try again to, or try to do a VBAC, a home birth after cesarean i would want that and i would have the exact same team i would change no one and you know i would just hope and pray that i got to experience that home birth that we had planned the first time
0: yeah and then we'll have a whole new podcast
1: exactly round two.
0: (laughs) elena thanks so much for sharing your powerful story you're a powerful and inspiring person to me um and i just know that you know birth typically is unpredictable you kind of have to set your intentions and then let go and let the journey take you where it will and yours was a wild ride so i know other people have experiences like these and they'll always benefit from listening to a raw honest story so thank you so much for sharing it
1: i just wanted to give a big shout out to alex and her tag on instagram is at the vital woman i just love her
0: At the vital woman. I love her too. And I need her to draw some blood for me when she gets a chance.
1: Yes.
0: At home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you would like more pregnancy and parenting information, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com.
1: Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got on home.